Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's a daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. All right. And I am, I guess, the guest. I am Darth Lark or Luke from the Dark Knight Trilogy Minute podcast. And so, yeah, I'm here to come and visit. Hell yeah, we guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, if people don't know by now, uh, we guessed it on Dark Knight Minute. I think it was uh, minutes 87, 88, 89. So check those out. And yeah, we, we talked about Scarecrow last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're talking about a different universe that involves Batman. But um We'll be talking about a non-Batman supervillain as well. Um, before we get into that, uh, we wanted to go ahead and get your snap opinion. Uh, are you a fan of this movie? Are you not? Are you like, what is, how do you feel? How does this movie make you feel? Oh, man. If if we had a Facebook status for it, I would say it's complicated. Um, it's a, I think it's a bad movie. But it's still fascinating. Like, like it's fascinatingly bad. Like most relationships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's hit. like, like I I was super hyped about this movie when it came out. Like it was. I don't think I was ever hyped more for a movie that that I can recall in recent memory, at least. Like this was one I was heavily anticipating, and then, you know, the uh, bad reviews started dropping in you know right before i saw it i'm like oh um i you know what the critics could be wrong maybe i'll love it i i'm gonna go in with an open mind and you know i go and watch it and watch it and then and then like i'm like feeling it at the at first and then like after a while like i just started thinking about it more and more i'm like man i don't like this movie that much but I I say that, but I ended up buying the ultimate edition on Blu-ray still, and yeah, I I still find it such a fascinating movie to study. And I mean, that's the thing with movies is I feel like you learn more from bad movies than you do from like really good movies because good movies are made to be seamless, and it's hard to really dig deep and to understand the mechanics of a film when it's really really well made, but when things aren't going wrong and that's when you begin to see okay you know this doesn't pay off or you know this characterization doesn't make sense for this movie you know you know and that's kind of how i feel about this movie it's a really interesting movie to study but i didn't really i don't really believe that it's a good movie mhm have you uh, how many times have you seen it since you bought it um since i bought it I watched the ultimate edition just because I wanted to see if the unedited cut was any better. And fortunately it is, it's considerably better, but it, it still has some fundamental problems with it that I had issues. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really fix the movie that I was hoping it would, but it did fill in a lot of plot holes that the theatrical cut had. So I saw it in theaters, I think twice. And then and then I saw it again on Blu-ray, maybe once or twice. When when you saw it a second time in theaters, did it like, did you walk out with like a better experience, or did it make it worse the second time you watched it? I went into it like a completely different attitude. Like 
I went to into it knowing that it was bad and I had a friend with me and we were just going to have fun with it. And so like, you know, I just start laughing at parts that I thought was really stupid. My friend would start laughing too. And, you know, we'd be cracking jokes at each other while we we're watching it. It was kind of a um, mystery science theater 3000 experience for me the second time. I think the sec second time was a lot more fun. I think again, I really want to get a bunch of people who haven't seen it and just get together and just say, you know, let's just have fun with it. And I really want to have that experience with, with this movie. Cause it is one of those movies that, you know, you really can't take seriously and it really takes itself seriously. And that's, I think the reason why I think it's funny in a lot of ways. Hmm. You think if you, if you showed some, wait, hold on. I have a couple questions, like multi-layered. Uh, <laughs> if you showed them, which version are you showing them? Oh, I would definitely show them the ultimate edition just because um, the theatrical cut is just so like confusing to watch. Yeah. Like it, it, I mean, like the there's a lot of things that make a whole lot more sense when you watch it in the context of the scenes that have been cut out. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a couple of scenes that I think are legitimately made you know, Superman, especially better, like him actually going in and doing investigative journalism and things like that. I really yeah. that. And, you know, even though it's like half an hour longer, I, I think that's really the way, best way of watching the movie is the ultimate edition. Yeah. And uh, it's like, we, I think we've said before, like, it's not really, you know, if it's a good movie, like the time stamp doesn't really matter because it can make it seem less than that but i'm just trying to think like if you because i don't know if we showed people because most of us have seen the theatrical cut first and yeah. i'm wondering if seeing it blind but seeing the ultimate edition first like what is that experience like because i remember being slightly confused from the theatrical cut and i i did walk you know i do remember the hype being just incredible for this film like from out of nowhere, it's like, damn, when, why did we get so hyped for this film? Like, like a few days before the release. Um, and I mean, I walked away from the film the first time, like just kind of had a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. And I know the editor has, you know, he's been quoted with saying that he's, he's kind of hopes that forgives him for like the way he edited the film for the theatrical cut. Um, but yeah, I, I can, I can, I want to know what it's like to see the ultimate edition for the first time. And I want to know what that, what that does differently for someone. It's and, too late, buddy. Yeah, it's too late. It never happened. You can never experience that. Mm -mm. You can't even do that with uh, that other film in the universe that needs a ultimate edition. But anyways, uh, like, do you think if you show people ultimate edition, they'd probably enjoy it? Or you think they're still not going to? Well, as I said before, there's still some fundamental problems with the movie regardless. And so I guess it would really depend on the person because, you know, with a, a lot of my friends tend to have like a really deep grasp of film. So we'd be able to pull things out and understand why things aren't working the way that they should be working. But I'm just wondering if that would be not the case for somebody who you know, is generally a Batman Superman fan and, you know, just wants to be entertained. Um, yeah, it, it really, I think it really depends on the person. I, I think it, yeah. I, I think if I were to show it to some of my 
you know, film school friends, they would still take issues with uh, parts of it, the movie. But a lot of the issues that were part of the uh, theatrical cut, like, wait, how did they tie in Superman with the massacre in Africa? You know, and all those questions and plot holes that did get fixed in the ultimate cut. I think they wouldn't uh, have any issues with those parts. But again, uh, there's some fundamental issues with the movie that still are in the ultimate edition. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, uh, hmm. I want to say I probably would have walked out of that theater way more impressed if I had seen the ultimate edition, but I think it's like, I, like you said, it depends on the person. Cause I, I feel like there's a spectrum to it. You know, uh, this film for, a lot of people is isn't the greatest of uh, it didn't really meet their expectations and i feel like that's i feel like that's the crossroads where it's like um we can debate about this movie f- to the ends of the earth but like i think it ultimately ends up being like okay well what did this person want out of it versus someone else and it's mm-hmm. like at that point preference isn't something that can be judged good or bad it's just like hey that's what you're expecting but that's not what I want. And so when it becomes one of those things, um, I don't know. There's no real freedom of choice, bro. Yeah. Isn't that what this movie is all about? It's all about that. Maybe the whole, the whole universe <laughs> it is, is about that. Yeah. The whole Superman thing being the, the power of choice. Cool. But uh, we'll leave it for that right now. And we'll just go ahead and jump right into minute 171, which is going to start with the end of the uh, the Metropolis Circus. There you go. Yeah. The circuses that are happening around the country um, and the last bit of dialogue between Bruce and Diana. And then the minute's going to end with uh, the, warding, the warden wishing to speak to Lex Luthor. Um, do you have? I know we talked a lot about the the whole funeral bit and everything because we spent a whole week doing that. But Luke, uh, in your opinions for regarding the death of Superman, um, did you feel like although maybe maybe you don't agree or maybe you do agree with uh, the story plotline of the death of Superman in this film, but how do you feel about the way they went about like remembering him? Like, do you feel like this was maybe a good scene? Just like even if the choices are questionable. Is that, does that make a question? Yeah, no, it does. And I would say that this was one of the big issues I had with the film was the whole death of Superman thing. I felt like it could have been its own movie and I'm surprised that they brought it in as early as they did. I, I I don't know. It it just seemed like uh, with this movie, they tried to cry him in so many different like comic book scenes or memorable comic book uh, eras or periods or events, I, I guess is a better word for it, into one movie. Mm-hmm. You have um, Dark Knight Returns in this. You have Death of Superman. You have, uh, what was some of the other ones? I mean, the Doomsday is part of the Death of Superman. Um, but would you say but, it's like a collection? Yeah. It's like they're trying to do multiple storylines or maybe it's just like, influenced by because i feel like it doesn't um does it does a film feel like you're trying to watch multiple stories uh in one movie or do you feel like they've taken those those inspirations and like just made a a streamlined plot out of it 
I think it was unfocused. Um, and what I mean by that is I really wanted, and this is, you know, part of the issues that a lot of people had with the theatrical cut was the, you know, just kind of the mess of the plot that, that it was. And it had so many different angles added and so many different things that they were trying to do. It was a very ambitious film, but it was very unfocused. I felt like they should have cut some of it so that they could have fleshed out a different aspect of it better. And so I think really, as the title implies, it should have been about the conflict between Batman and Superman, their conflicting ideologies and the way that they uh, perform justice. I think that would have been, you know, much more of an interesting film had they had kind of focused and concentrated on that and left, you know, death of Superman out and left that for like uh, man of steel two or something. You think it should have been done later in the universe? Like, as far yeah. as okay yeah because i don't know what their plans are but they're implying oh that was another influence was the injustice universe like they they hint they're hinting at that as a possible outcome of what's going to be transpiring in the next movies mm-hmm. and, and yeah yeah there there was yeah now i'm just like trying to remember all these different scenes and it's just like wow there's just so much in this movie and i it's kind of overwhelming. And again, I feel it's unfocused. It does. Uh, it does have like expansion, like, like strains because we have to introduce the nightmare scene. I feel like the nightmare scene was probably the point that people um, criticized the most, like probably the most po- polarizing moment of the film was the nightmare scene, whether, you know, people like love that scene or for some people, it's it's way too... Out of left field. Yeah, it's way too out of left field. And for maybe a superhero film, people want something a little more... Contained. S- simple. Yeah, so contained is a good one. Because, you know, that's a, that's a compliment that Wonder Woman got, mm-hmm. uh, was that the film really isn't... It doesn't really have to get bothered by anything in the other films, uh, except for, like, the photograph. Um but even that is just so, so naturally done mm-hmm. in the film where it's like, it's, it's just like the one yeah. conflict. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's hard to understand is, I guess it's like maybe the PTSD thing or like, I guess coming out with the fact that Bruce is actually having visions. So it's like people don't know what's happening and they don't know the answers. So when they don't know the answers, there's usually either disagreement or like, people have to be okay with like their theories until it's like confirmed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing, and going back to the nightmare scene, I'm sure you've talked to it over and over again, but just my thoughts on it was that could have been a little bit more interesting if they actually went through with it all the way, because I think that was the most confusing thing for me is that you don't know if it's a vision or if it's a dream or if it's just some weird or both. Or both. Yeah. Like, it's it's really like uh confusing in a lot of ways because you have you know flash come to him and he says oh you know this is this is the key you need to do this and 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 yeah i actually laughed at that scene just because it was so out there and it was just like oh no i went into the right time and it's like that's a typical flash thing yeah yeah and then and then uh, 
no, I was, there was a joke that I was thinking of was like, he like, then he woke up from that dream. And then I was expecting something else to happen. Like another flashback from, from a fl- flash coming in and like doing something else. And then it just kind of repeats over and over and over again, just because it's like, it's I'm sure so, it's like a Russian nesting doll. Of I'm, sh- I'm sure it's a robot no. chicken episode by now. Probably. Yeah. I could totally see them doing something like that. And yeah, I was just kind of laughing at, at that uh, whole, just ha- how kind of ridiculous it is in a lot of ways. But I think they should have had him awake when, you know, Flash, you know, kind of has his moment with Bruce because then that at least we would have known, oh, he's going back in time to warn Bruce about something, which may mean that something might actually happen in the future. And again, yeah. like, I almost feel like things like that should be left for like post credits type type of a thing, but it it was a really cool visually speaking, but I don't know. I, I just, feel, again, I feel like they're, you know, trying to cram in. It's like, Oh, let's put in injustice. Oh yeah. Let's put in dark Knight returns. Oh yes. Let's put in death of Superman. Oh yes. Let's put in, uh, you know, wonder woman. Let's, put in a little bit of flash i'll fight you on wonder woman because i'm okay with that (laughs) That, like i mean they introduce a character in in a way i mean black panther and civil war is introduced in almost the same manner um so i'm okay with like if if the character is going to relate to the storyline i'm okay with it and we 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 blend it in pretty nice yeah and i'll give you that i think wonder woman is the least egregious of those issues for me like i actually did like wonder woman in in this movie and i i even wanted her to be a bigger part of it um like i was actually really wanting to do a like a fan rewrite of the script and like kind of rewrite the whole movie just how i would have done it and just to kind of give you my thoughts on how i would have done wonder woman is that she was the one that had the 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 prophecies or the visions of dark side uh coming and invading earth and and then she sees a vision of these heroes and they could even be like greek heroes from the past that are representative of current heroes and mm-hmm. she's like trying to understand like who these people are and she's the one one's like seeking out the the other meta humans to because she feels like we need to get this team together. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about Bruce <laughs> doing it because he's kind of the, he's just like, yeah, I'll work alone. You know, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll do this all by myself. That's a good Batman impression. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's not even my uh, dark Knight impression. So that's your, uh, Bruce Wayne from Dawn of justice impression. That's what we get in this uh, minute. We do get that in this minute. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um we deal with that when he's uh he's asking Diana to help him find the others. Yeah. And she's uh she says like um You know how they know you want to fight anyway. Yeah. Like the whole feeling, he has a feeling. So do you think that they should have saved we were talking about this earlier. You think they should have saved that whole line and cut to the Lex scenes, played that whole thing out and then had the I don't know, just a feeling like kind of back? Yeah, do you think it could it would have been a little bit? I think of a we talked cut? about this where it's like that. Sh- well, it, it does. It happens time, before. It does happen yeah. before. Um, this funeral is happening after he's already interrogated. Because I'm a, I in my mind, it's like he's not even taking the costume off after Superman dies. He's like 
Superman's dead. I'm still in costume. There's a dead alien here. Yeah. I'm beelining it. To, yeah, I'm sure the funerals were like maybe I don't know three yeah, days or something. He's like, or, I'm like, he's he's doing it. He's just yeah. gonna straight up interrogate Lex Luthor. Um, but uh, yeah, it could have it could have they probably could have re-edited it where it's like they do this Lex Luthor scene first, and then like, but no, I think they should have like. There's a pause that he has. Yeah. Before she asks him, like, how do you know, you know, they'll want to fight or whatever. Play the Lex Luthor scenes cut. and then, yeah, and then come back to that. And it's like, I don't know, just a feeling. <laughs> Have the whole ding, 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 ding. Because <laughs> then it like, it becomes the exclamation point for like him being that total. Exactly. Which yeah. we'll, we'll get to later. It gets the last word. We'll come back to that because we still got to talk about it later in the week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, every time I see him, uh, like Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne in this film, it's very... I always get um, like Batman, the the animated series vibes, like Bruce, Tim, mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne, you know? I feel that. Yeah. He's got the look and everything. He's, too. Yeah. He really does have, he has that like, um, like mask of the phantasm type look to him. You know, you're just saying that cause it's the first one. Cause it's a funeral. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, mask of the phantasm is the first one. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. <laughs> First time you see him in this. Um, and them two in, in the funeral outfits. I, th- I just think it's a really nice moment. Um, Not as nice as Perry White's suit. Oh, Perry White's Can't suit. Forget. Is on Let's point. not forget. Yeah. <laughs> Superfly himself. Oh, man. I, I need to go rewatch the, the minute now just so I can get my Lawrence Fishburne. Yo, he's great. And yeah. Uh, hopefully when we get a Man of Steel sequel, he will still be part of the cast. I, I think him and Amy Adams, Lois Lane are like the, they have the perfect banter. It's, uh, it, it's, it's dry enough and yeah, it just, it really works for me. Like sense of humor wise. Um, we cut to inside. So I actually says just a feeling uh, Diana walks off. And then we get into which prison is this? What prison are we in? Um, I Do don't know, know what. Probably Blackgate. I don't. Well, no, Metropolis. Um, yeah, because Blackgate is in Gotham. My, mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have been incarcerated there, for it would have been in the prison in Metropolis. I'm, it it would have been in Metropolis. Yeah, because Strikers mm-hmm. Island was the prison complex um, for a lot of the super villains. And, but as we know from previous minutes, you know, it's just kind of uninhabited at this point and maybe they will eventually develop it to be the, the super prison that it becomes. But yeah, I don't know where, I don't know what the, I don't metropolis, uh, state prison. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think because there's really no, as far as I, we know there's a bell rev because there's, bell rev in the next film that we'll be talking about um arkham asylum is a thing um strikers island is not a thing because unless they decide hey maybe this doomsday creature will come back maybe we should just build a like prison around the dead body and then start a prison off that like where did um where did bruce go to try to um see caesar or Clark go to see Caesar earlier. That was Metropolis. Metropolis General. Yeah, so that's probably where he's just being in a holding cell. Because, I mean... 
No way. Um, you got the Phantom Same. Zone. Um, <laughs> He's in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> um, the only thing I could think of is Blackgate because no, the scout though. ship. No, hold on. The do- because didn't they defeat Darkseid in Gotham? Doomsday. Yeah, because or, yeah, because they had to draw him away in order to get him close to the spears. But the scout yeah. ship where they found Lex Luthor was still in Metropolis because it's in Heroes yeah. Park. Oh right, right. So he would just be in probably Metropolis General. But if it, if they did catch him in Gotham, I would be like, all right, he's probably in Blackgate. You know? Yeah, that's what I would say. But um, it's just. Because do jails have wardens? I'm pretty sure it's just prison that has wardens. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Early in his incarceration, it'd have to be a jail. But then again, it looks way too high security for it, for it to be a jail either. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just a really fast, like, oh, yep, you're going to prison, you know, just like that. Yeah, I'm trying to look at this guy's uniform as he walks up but you don't really get any information. You barely see his hat, which I want to say looks like Metropolis. Um, his outfit kind of looks like the other ones that we were looking at when Cesar Romero yeah. was taking It's up. like that dark green, that olive. It's really, I don't know, it's a patch. It always throws me off. I'm like, okay, that looks like it could say Metropolis or Gotham on it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say he probably... Because he had um, maybe lockdown six. Lockdown six is a Star Labs special holding chamber in the waters near. Metropolis. But Star Labs is in the scout ship, so it wouldn't count unless they were like, "All right, you're going next door <laughs> to the Star Lab holding cell." But um, I, I think I think it's Metropolis General because he has. Oh no! Wait, that's KGBs. Ah, it's not working for me. Um, I was gonna say he has people in there, like that Iron Fist guy. That's not Iron Fist. It was like, what? You remember that that guy he had iron tattooed on his hand? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. We we're like, we we're calling him Iron Fist. Um, he's there, so I was like, oh, maybe he just has connections at Metropolis General, and he's just gonna hang out there, and then he'll get out, you know, scot free, and then that's why Batman's coming here and he's gonna interrogate him. No, that's Mr. Miracle. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Miracle. <laughs> um, that is my fan theory, and I'm going to stick to that. All right. <laughs> it's good enough for... I think it works out for all of us, it's right? It's good enough for me. What does his hat say? Can you see his hat? No. Are you sure? It's just a star. Go back. Oh, yeah, it's just a star. They were like, we don't have the Metropolis patch ready, so we're just going to put this security hat that we get at a thrift store, mm-hmm. and we're going to just have it out of frame. Yeah, that sounds, that's, that's believable. <laughs> Um, you know, a twenty-five million dollar movie, and they're like, they gotta cut cut money somewhere. Yeah, costume department, get the X. They put all the money into the superhero suits, as they should. Yeah, yeah, especially that all those Batman suits, the Wonder Woman outfit. Yeah, who cares about the normies? <laughs> oh, and also the Daily Planet wardrobe. Oh, oh on point, dude. So oh, yeah. on point. That was that's where all the money went. Mm-hmm. They had to redo everyone at the Daily Planet's wardrobe. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else that looked really nice. Uh, Senator Finch had the, she had a power suit. Um, who else had a good outfit? Lex Luthor had he had good outfits. Oh, Diana, great outfits, just regular Diana outfits. Oh, no. The gala, the biker jacket, airplane one. 
uh, it's the one where she's checking into the hotel and she's got like that tiara necklace thing.